beige walls and like a blue gray or something. I don't know. Yeah. And guess what? I didn't touch it. I left it alone. Looks great. Whatever. I'm all good. Yeah. And now, coming to you from the K2 Studios in San Diego, California, it's the world-famous Chris and Christine Show. Hey, what's happening, everybody? How y'all doing? I am Chris. And I'm Christine, and welcome to the 13th episode of the Chris and Christine Show. Do-do-do-do! Do, 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 do indeed. Fantastic. How you guys doing? Thank you guys so much for listening. We really appreciate that. I do. I know she does over there too. Yes, I definitely do. And we have had so much fun looking at the statistics. Ooh, if I can even say that word. Statistics. The statistics. That's the word. This week of our listeners. And we had our friends from across the seas join us back again. Oh, this, really? Yeah, this week. Well, I mean, our northern friends from Canada, A, they were joining us. Right, right. <laughs> so shout out for our Canadian neighbors. We also had our friends from Spain and Australia join us back Ooh, this week. Ooh, yeah. fancy pants. Ooh, but there were so many new things new cities in the United States that joined us this week. And it was like, where are these people all coming from? It was so fantastic. And I think Chris had a favorite new town called Niceville. Yes, I saw that. I'm like looking through the list and I see a town. Oh, what's this town? Niceville. Now, I wonder if that's not like, um, you know, like it's, you know, you call a fat person tiny, you know, it's like the opposite of what it really is. I hope it's not like that. No, I'm sure that everybody in Niceville is nice. And then the other one was, and our friends that live in this town, you're going to have to help us with it. I think it's called like Schombog, but we were thought mm. like, oh. is it? Sh- <laughs> Even though I thought I was scumbag. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you guys, I get this text from Chris when I'm at work this week, and he's like, is there really a town named Scumbag? Like, what are you talking about? And so we looked at it, and it's like S-C-H-A-U-M-B-A-U-M, I think. So if you are from, and I hope we're saying it right, Shabam, I can't even say it right now. Shabam, maybe? It's Shabam. I love it. So if you are from that little town, please reach out to us and tell us how to pronounce your town so we can give you a proper shout out. Right. Yeah. But I think our biggest cities this week were Los Angeles. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then in Central California, we had quite a little hot spot, which could be from family and friends. But we definitely had some areas around California that were peaking. Um, but we had some other great Midwestern states pop up this week that we don't normally see. So shout out to all our new friends that joined us. Shout out. What's up, out. everybody? Listen in. Yes. Hello. Hey, <laughs> and happy birthday and happy anniversary and whatever else. Uh, shout outs <laughs> to all you guys. Well, just to recap last week, we had a great episode last week and we were talking about blending families and blending budgets And we were also talking about a really unique engagement ring that this couple from the UK came up with. And so if you haven't listened to episode 12, definitely go back and listen to it because it was a fun one. Yes. One of my favorites. 
So I woke up to a text from Chris this morning. He texts me every morning. Actually, it's one of the things he's been super consistent about the whole time we've been dating. Yeah. It's normally like a good morning, babe. Good morning. Or I'm drinking coffee. Um, Chris and I, well, we've mentioned before, he works nights. I don't. Of course, it's the weekend and we're both off. But we live about 15 minutes apart. Yeah. 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 Right about 15 minutes apart. But I got a text message this morning. It was the typical like, good morning, babe. And then a couple minutes later, he goes, hey, hun, do you know how to sew? Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, um, yes. Thank God for that. Why? <laughs> so, Chris, do you want to tell everybody why you well, needed to know? One of my old uniforms I still wear for work, one of the pants um, one of the pocket like uh, inseams, I don't know what you call it, is like totally split. So I put my hands in my pocket. They either go into the pocket or they go into like my pant, my leg air section or whatever. <laughs> so it's hard to put keys in there and they fall to your shoe. But um, I'm like, well, gosh. Has that really happened to you? Oh, yeah. Oh, your, yeah. So then I'm like, yeah. So I'm like, yeah, I almost lost my keys. Where are my keys at? Oh, they're at my feet. Um, but no, I said, Hey, um, Christine, can you actually sew and maybe like, um, just fix this little pocket or whatever. And and she did that. It was great. Yeah. So this morning he was like, can you sew? And I was like, yeah, I can sew. And so, so (laughs) I'm going to keep saying so. So I actually have a sewing machine and I'm not fantastic at it. I mean, my seams are not always straight, but I knew that I was going to need it because I didn't want to stitch up his work pants by hand. I wanted a clean line. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But when I was going through all my supplies at home before I came over here, I was like, oh, shoot, I only have gray thread. And so I said to Chris, you know, with all the different things that we're going to be doing today, I need to stop by Walmart to be able to get a few things. And he's like, yeah, what do you need? And I said, oh, those sewing things. You know, I have my sewing machine, but there's some sewing things that I need. And he's like, "Yeah, she's spoken of, speaking a foreign language and <laughs> kind of stuff." I know nothing about sewing. I know there's like a needle and thread, and other than that, I don't know what you do with that. Right. So I literally told him I need sewing things. Like I wasn't gonna say I need thread and a couple of bobbins and all those things. So we uh, we went out to lunch today after I got here, and then. We decided we're thinking about doing some things in the kids' bedroom here at Chris house, Chris's house. So we went and looked at a couple of things at one store, and then we ended up at Walmart. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so when we entered in, Chris takes the boys and goes into the car section, of course, all the time because it's or like the toy section or Disneyland. whatever. Yeah, yeah, that too. Well. The car section is like Disneyland for Chris. Well, the car cleaning section. Ooh, look yes. at that. Ooh, look at that. Ooh, that's a new cleaning supply. That's Chris's <laughs> thing. Everybody, you know, every guy has a thing. His is car washes. Yeah. So, um, so he went there, and then I went to the sewing section, and I got blue thread, because that's the color of his uniforms, and white. And as I was there, before I'd left, I've been really wanting to add some of my own touches to Chris's house. I mean, I don't live here, but... Oh, you will. Yes, I will. And I would like to start, you know, dressing it up a little. Ladies out there, you know you want to, like, have a little bit of your touch over your guy's place. 
Yeah, you know, I gave um, Christine permission. Yeah, like, I mean, to, you know, decorate the place as she fe- sees fit. Because she's a girl, and girls have better, um, you know, sight for that kind of thing, you know? Like, every HDTV show, <laughs> the woman is always the decorator. The guy's like the guy, like, hammering away, building this, building that. Like, I would knock that wall down. I can do that. And the girl's <laughs> like, yeah, I'm going to put, like, a little formal thing here and a flower thing there. And I'm going to make this, this, and this. And the guy's like, yeah, well, where do I put the nail? You know? Yeah, so funny. Well, you know, I can operate a power tool, but my strength is in the creative area. So Chris has given me permission, and we were at Walmart of all places, which is very reasonably priced. And I'd been eyeing the window in his kitchen over. It's he has like this little um, jutted out window. What's it's, the thing called? There's like a term for like it. a bay window. Not a bay window, um, but it's just it's like... It's in the kitchen, right beyond the kitchen sink. Yeah. It's like sticks out, yeah. like another foot or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then it's like a big window that goes around, like a, um atrium kind of, I guess. Yeah, it has like a little shelf. We don't know what the term is, but I've been looking at the, that area because it's really in a nice area and it overlooks the backyard. But I was like, oh, it just needs a little bit of a pop of color. And so while Chris and the boys were walking around looking at toys and car washing stuff, I decided to quickly wander over to the window treatment section. And I was looking at like the window panels and the valances. And I was like, a curtain rod's only a $1.97. It's $1.97. Two of them for that. I know. And so then... I was looking and I could not find what I wanted because what I wanted was a pop of color, but with like some kind of a pattern because I'm a more like vintage personality. You are speaking a language I know nothing about. (laughs) So what I ended up doing is I I couldn't find what I wanted. So I walked a couple of aisles over and I found a tablecloth. That Wait, I, loved. I thought you were making a curtain though. I know, right? And so I found this tablecloth that I really liked. And I was like thinking I could cut it down the middle, trim a little bit off, and it's the perfect size and length to make a little valance to go over the kitchen window. What? What's a valance? It's a little like a little mini curtain. It's like 15 oh. or 16 inches. Oh, okay. And so what I did is I got the thread to fix Chris's uniform because I could not forget that's the whole reason why we went to the store. Thank you. And then I got this tablecloth and I brought it home and I set up the sewing machine and after I fixed Chris's pants, He's like, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm making a curtain. And he's like, you're making a curtain? I said, yeah, out of a tablecloth. And so it only took like 30 minutes. And I got it done. And then I got out the power tools and I hung the curtain rod. And I got the cute little curtain set up in the kitchen. And how does it look, Chris? It looks good. HGTV, eat your heart out. You know what I'm saying? Has like yellows, reds, blues, things like that. But it was all about just like wanting to add a pop of color to the house because I just felt like I wanted to bring a little bit of my personality and sunshine into Chris's face. And she did. And it's wonderful. Fantastic. Thanks, babe. I love it. Thank you so much. You can keep going. You keep doing your thing. And I'm all for it. I give you 100% permission 
to go and do whatever you got to do, make it look fantastic, Thank make you. it look bright, colorful, whatever. You know, it's all good. I love it. You know, I'm I'm not very good at like like when I bought this house, it was pretty much all ready to go. I didn't do anything to it. Like I can't think of anything I really did to this place when I moved in here, like cosmetic wise. Mm-hmm. Like I pretty much. Like, I didn't paint the walls. They're already painted and everything. I'm like, hey, whatever. Even in my room, it's got, like, this accent color, blue wall, beige walls, and, like, a blue gray or something. I don't know. Yeah. And guess what? I didn't touch it. I left it alone. Looks great. Whatever. I'm all good. Yeah. You know? It's mostly, like, earth tones in his house, like, well, beachy yeah, it, and, like, beachy up here and then, like, neutral tones. But Well, that's what sells houses, by the way. Right. If you keep your ha- color, like, these kind of colors, like, neutral like you're saying, earthy colors or whatever. That's what sells houses. Speaking of house design, you know, back in like, say, like the 1960s, things were a little different. It was a little different time. Mm-hmm. And house design and interior design was much different then than it was now. And guess what? We are going to tell you all about that when we get back. The Chris and Christine Show is now on Instagram at... The K2 Show San Diego. Check out our latest pictures, videos, show teasers, and life updates on Instagram at The K2 Show San Diego. And now it's time for Hot Topics. Do, 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 do. Awesome. What's going on today, baby? Actually, Chris is going to start us off with our first top topic of the night. So I am going to throw it back over to you, hot stuff. Wait, I, I got I got, I got, I got it. Thank you. <laughs> so here we go. I just mentioned a minute ago that we are talking about houses and the different st- st- styles of houses from today um, versus, say, like the 1960s. And Christine was doing a little decorating downstairs. And we're talking about how the house was kind of like, I didn't have to do much to it. Right. Paint wood flooring all that fun stuff it was very nice of my previous owner to do all that stuff for me so i don't have to it's great i love it now here's a list we have a list of 10 ways the average american home is different today than it was in say the 1960s yeah there's a lot of like 1960s age houses in southern california so i'd be interested to hear how like your house is different from those because there's so many of them. But a lot of those houses, people have definitely upgraded. Yeah. You know, they've tore out the floors and whatever, cabinets and paint the walls. I'm sure no one's rocking some shagged carpet anymore. <laughs> you never I hope know. Not. Well, yeah, maybe. You never know. So <laughs> Austin here we go. Powers, baby. Austin Powers, yes. <laughs> okay, it says uh, here, it says, the first thing it says, ranch-style homes were popular during the 1960s and an emphasis on landscaping. Oh, yeah. My grandparents used to have one of those houses. I really liked it, the ranch style. It was like single story spread out. But that's right. very different from what we have even in this neighborhood. It's like right. two stories. Well, now it says, um, well, ranch, ranch homes were still popular today, but people now prefer craftsman style houses. Oh, yeah, for sure. What's the difference? All those new craftsman style houses, they have all the like gingerbreading details on like the Ooh, trim. It looks like a ginger, gingerbread house? No. It's called gingerbreading. It's just okay. like a like a aesthetic. Oh, where... it has like those windows that they're like 
they don't really work. They're they're cupboard cupboard windows, right? Or like um, like barn door barn door windows. Yeah, there's lots of different little details like that, like the craftsman finishes, things that look a little bit more custom rather than more ranchy. Okay, I gotcha. Okay, next it says inside a 1960s home, you'll find bold, bright colors throughout. Oh, that's definitely different. The from 60s, yours. like you'll see like the was it hot green or the no the yeah. the. the the avocado green. Yeah, avocado green. <laughs> green, a lot of greens and oranges and yellow. Those I, weird yellows. I grew up in a house that had like avocado green walls. Yeah. Yeah, and had like the um, the wallpaper that had like a little texture to it, not just wallpaper. like flat paper. Yeah. Well, to this like today, color. people like simple colors like black, white, and dark blues are preferred. Yeah, kind of like you were talking about in your house. It's like neutral earth tones and. Right. Light blues and light browns, but nothing like super bold. Well, speaking of the walls, it says here, in the 1960s, wood paneling was a popular feature at most homes. Like a wood cabin feel, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I remember some houses like that. I wonder how that would go over in a modern house. Like, if you were to walk into this house, Chris, when you were getting ready to buy it, and all it was was wood paneling, oh, gosh. what I'd would you like, have done? I'd be like, well, don't throw a match anywhere. You know, burn the place down. But it says if wood paneling wasn't wasn't available in the 60s, wallpaper was also yeah, the second option. Yeah, like I was saying. Well, how wallpaper. about a wallpaper of wood paneling? Yeah. I've seen, I've seen that, too. Well, also, there's today, walls are typically white, but accent walls, like the one I have behind you, is sometimes used to make the room pop. Like, pop, pop, there's the room. Check that out. Now, also, the next thing, it says, wood furnishings were also trendy in the mid-1900s, although wood furniture is still popular today. We typically see wood as molding, flooring, finishings. As for flooring... Um, shag carpet, speaking of which, uh, reached its peak in the 1960s. So by ni- 1970s, it's on its way out, or people still had it, but, you know. But going back to the wood furnishings that you were just talking about a minute ago. Oh, yeah. It's really interesting, because today we were looking at some furniture for Chris's landing area, right, outside of his bedroom. We were talking about getting a desk for the boys to be able to do their schoolwork. And what's really interesting is that all of these pieces are like a particle board, but over the top is laminate. So it's not like real wood like you would get in the 60s and prior to that. And so even the kind of furniture that we have available, it's like faux wood. Yes. Well, that's how they do it these days. Um, well, back to the... Sorry to cut you off, but back to the list. The, uh, it says, mentioned shag carpets again. And of course, now it says everybody wants to get hardwood floors and wood flooring. Yeah, you have some here. Yes, Very my nice. entire house has uh, wood... Fl- no, it's actually bamboo is what they say. Um, Yours is bamboo floors? Yes, you know that? I didn't know that. I thought it was like maple. It's really light. Um... Well, well, the um, I heard it was bamboo when I moved in, so I go off what they told me. Well, there we go, everybody. Bamboo flooring. Yes, I feel like I'm in China when I walk around here, and uh, you know, bamboo everywhere. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> this is also the 1950s. Okay, in the 1950s, it was common for couples to sleep in separate beds, and this practice lasted well into the 1960s, so we'd have like two little twin beds in our room, yeah. you sleep over there, and I'll sleep over here, and when we, uh, 
you know, that way to wake each other up. It's like what we used to see, even though it's not the same year. Like, I love Lucy. Like, yeah. Lucy was in a twin bed. Was she? Yeah. I don't remember. Did, and Ricky like Ricardo that? was in another bed. Yes, they had twin beds. They did? Yes, I they did. I didn't pay that much attention, yeah. I guess, to the show. Because I remember one episode, she, like, pulled the little table out from in between and, like, squished them together. Oh, but, no way. Like, so I could see how that could work for some people. Like, if somebody's, like, a really active sleeper versus the other person. We're talking the 1960s, 50s and 60s, excuse me. But today it says most people obviously have bigger bedrooms and normal beds, kings, queens whatever okay also it says here as the baby boom reached speaking of putting beds together as the baby boom reached its peak in the 1960s families moved into larger homes in the suburbs like here you know um a typical children's room today doubles as a playroom too you know people do that too make extra uh, rooms playrooms and so on and so forth and for living rooms large sectionals were the choice with a were the couch of choice for most homes in the 1960s. Large sectionals, huh? But you can still buy those today, right? Yeah. Yeah, I remember, like, friends growing up that we would, like, go to their grandparents' house. They'd have those really big sectionals. But I think that people are buying more of the smaller couches now. Like, we were just at that furniture store today, Chris. Do yeah. you remember? Yeah. And there were very few sectionals there. Everybody likes a couch and the love seat to like be a little bit separated. Of course. Yeah. And it says here in this article that uh, smaller couches are becoming more popular. Yeah. I think that people like a little bit of personal space and like to have it the setup. Like, here's the couch. Here's the love seat. Here's the recliner for dad to sit in after he gets off of work right. i think leave that's me alone my, yeah. give me my bourbon and my football and, and leave my me remote <laughs> yes yeah. fantastic also okay here we go speaking of um the kitchen yeah. which is a fun topic i know. love the kitchen Let's oh yeah go. i want to hear okay it says as for the kitchen in the 1960s they were decorated in bright colors and wood cabinets see i'm a child that should have had a kitchen in the 60s but also i think also on top of that they also did this weird thing they'd make like the the colors like this weird bright green or something weird weird yeah. color it's like bright colors if you know for the wood cabinets but there was this bright lime color to them and stuff you know and all that type of stuff there was no granite there was no marble right or that fun stuff and so today's today today's kitchens have more subtle and stainless steel appliances or more popular whites blues grays yeah yeah like things. more like an industrial kitchen mm-hmm. is more popular it looks like it's a real kitchen that's used like in a i don't know bakery maybe or right. something like that it's more fun so much white right now in kitchens like i've been watching a oh, lot of yeah. those hgtv shows and it's like white 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 right white and bright right and bright yep. yeah that's but very little color speaking of kitchens now in the 1960s this is something i kind of want to bring back in the 1960s families sat down to eat dinner in the kitchen every night in the kitchen you would think you have in the dining room but here it says kitchen although However, fewer kitchens are being used for family dinners these days. I think they're they really meant was dining rooms, right? No. So in the 1960s ranch style houses, they'd have a dining area in the kitchen 
and then they'd have a formal dining room. So it's kind of like when, so in Chris's house, he has a really nice open kitchen and there's like a little cut out area that he doesn't really use for anything. There's like a toy chest that sits there right now. And I've been telling him like when it's time for me to move in, I'm going to bring my little round dining room table and bring it into the kitchen. He's like, uh... A table in the kitchen? I was like, yeah, we'll like (laughs) sit down and, you know, sometimes we could eat in the dining room, but maybe that's because that's the way I was raised is that you have uh, like an informal dining room area in the kitchen and then like a formal family dinner area in a dining room. And so I think that that's not so common in the current houses anymore from, I mean, just even you not having that experience is right. There's like one dining area. Well, some houses, they have this cool, like, um, breakfast nook or not breakfast nook. I'm thinking, what's that thing that like an Island that goes from like, that spills out from like where the kitchen area is to like a bar area where like you sit, what's that called? Like a breakfast nook or something? It's an Island. Yeah. Uh, Breakfast Island or Nook or whatever. Mm-hmm, a, lot a, houses have, mm-hmm. a lot of houses have that. And that's kind of what I thought they meant by that. But people use that all the time, I would think. Yeah, but yeah. this is different. But I see what you're saying. Like, that's taken the place of that that dining area that used to be in the kitchen where people could be, like, face-to-face. And so we're bringing it back. Right. But I also love bringing it back. I bring. I like to have dinners um, in the, as a family you know, dinners around the actual dinner table mm-hmm. uh, together and no one's on devices and everyone sits down and tells you how their day was. Everyone eats the food and it's great. That's my dream thing, you know? Chris loves it when we cook anything at home, even if it's like a really quick dinner like tonight was. If we're even still sitting there and eating something together, it's just fun. So... I think that there was some really great things about 1960s houses, even though it, we didn't want to bring back the shag carpeting and the lime green. Oh, no. Save those for your van, yeah. guys. You know what I saying? think that there's still some really fun things about that era that we could definitely think about how to bring into this house. Right. Fantastic. And when we get back, Christine's going to take the next one, the next hot topic. She's got another list of fun things. What is it? What you got? You got a hot tease? The five household arguments that can easily be solved. Oh, like uh, how to do a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) And we'll be right back after this. The Chris and Christine Show is available everywhere on Google Play with Google Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and iHeartRadio. So last week when we were talking about blending finances, we talked about how it's one of those things that people don't always think to talk about before they get married. And this hot topic that just came out from Good Housekeeping is another one of those things that You can get around a whole lot of arguments if you just get through these five things. Really? Yes. You're going to be shocked, Chris, because they're so simple. But having a conversation about these and figuring out what the common agreement is can Mm -hmm. really... It can eliminate some friction. So are you ready to talk about the five 
household arguments that we are going to solve on this podcast. Or have on this podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. All right. So the first thing, and they're questions. So I'm going to oh, ask okay, you the ask question me the que- first. Yes. Okay, good. Because this is where the disagreement happens typically. So Chris. Yes. Is there a right way to load the dishwasher? Well, obviously, everybody knows the right way to load the dishwasher is you got to stack them so that all the water actually hits all the surfaces you need to get clean. And also, there's one thing I did learn. Check this out. <laughs> I learned this, that when you put the silverware in the little silverware trays at the bottom, you know, the little spot for the forks and knives and mm-hmm. all the junk, is that you're supposed to put the actual forks facing up i used to always put them down but you place to face them up but that way the water like cleans them better or something right so first of all you're right about oh, how like to load every, the dishwasher you're welcome you're all welcome <laughs> you know what i'm saying i used to be like just whatever stack them however but it says here plates and bowls well first of all this article is saying we're just gonna tell you what the right answer is and help you solve it so uh, plates and bowls should be stacked so the dirty side faces inward towards the water spray arm. Well, duh. This is easy to achieve on the bottom rack where the tines are arranged in this way, but you should also apply the rule to the smaller things like bowls stacked on the top rack. So you have to think about where the water's going to spray. And also, too, um, the water gets very hot, so you don't really want to put anything that's plastic on the bottom, only hard ceramics and bowls and like silverware. Right. Typically, things will say, like, top rack dishwasher That's right. Safe. It yeah. does tell you on there, too. So then, on, along with talking about cutlery, like forks and knives and things like that, it does say here that to bring your cutlery basket into line, forks should be arranged with the prongs pointing up, but knife blades should point down for well, safety. Obviously, yes, you don't put your, reach your hand in there, and next you go, ouch. Right. But you can still deal with a fork, too, but, um, so, but knife, you know. Yeah, so after I started dating Chris... I had this like mind blowing moment when he showed me the little baskets that your cutlery goes in and the dishwasher mm-hmm. that you put the little flap down and it has little holes that mm-hmm. keep those forks mm-hmm. in perfect spots pointing mm-hmm. up. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. He taught me that. Uh-huh. I was today years old when I learned that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well. But it definitely does make a difference. So People tend to get in little petty arguments about how do we load the dishwasher. So if you talk about it, oh, here's another thing article. too. Another thing with the dishwasher. Speaking of which, check this out. Um, it's also good. I don't care how you do it. Your house at home. I don't care how you tell your man, your wife, whatever. Figure out a way to label the dishwasher clean or dirty because you're like, is these clean or are they dirty? I don't know. Oh, yeah. That's I got frustrating. This, I got this cute little magnet. It is and, cute. And I got it on Amazon. And it's a little magnet. One side says clean. Then you flip the magnet over. and Or no, flip it around. like mm-hmm. you know, And so the other side says dirty. And you just flip the magnet around whenever you, you know, to let everybody know what's up. Yeah, so the thing is, if you see it unclean, then that gives you the obligation to unload the dishwasher and not just leave all the clean dishes in there. No, that's why you pull all your dishes from you need. <laughs> well, if you, if you need, need a dish for something, you're like, oh, dishwasher's got it. It's right there. I will get it from there. That's so funny. So that's, yes, another conversation about who empties the dishwasher. But, okay, household argument number two. Okay. So this question for you, Chris. Okay. 
Is it okay to leave the fridge door open while you add creamer to your coffee? No, I don't think so. I mean, I usually close. I'm usually pretty good about that stuff, you know, closing right away and this and that. And I'm not. I'm oh. the one that's like, uh, it's 10 ugh. seconds. I know. So if we didn't talk about this, I would just be like leaving it open, pouring my coffee, pouring the creamer, and then sticking the creamer back. It's only I, 30 seconds. I think, I think, here's the thing. I think if you're keeping it open any longer than, say, five seconds or less, close it. If, it's your, if you're opening it for, like, five seconds, like, open it real quick to grab something, put it in, whatever, that's, like, like five seconds at the most. So, if it's anything longer than that, I would say close it. But that's just me. What do I know? You know? And why is that, Chris? Why do you think we need to close well, it so Well, you don't want quickly? the cold air to escape. Your, exactly. You know, your food. Exactly. Bingo. Well, duh. It's yes. the same thing for a house. <laughs> it's the same thing for, like, uh, air conditioning. You don't keep the doors wide open and the AC going. So, what this article says is that even just being open for 30 seconds, it can lose five degrees of coolness or more from the fridge. And it could take a couple of hours to get the fridge back to that correct temperature. No way. Yeah. So you want to close it quickly and make sure it's closed. Get your creamer out. I mean, it's not like you have to like rush it open or anything. But if that's an issue in your relationship, you can cite the Chris and Christine show to your significant other and say, close the fridge, research proven. You're going to make the food go bad. And close the uh, freezer, too, because that's the one thing that pisses me off. I come home, and the freezer is a jar. It's not totally closed, and the ice cream is melted or super soft. No, but it has happened many a night. I get home. Oh, I want some ice cream. I got some ice cream in the refrigerator. I'm so excited. And I go in there to get it. I'm like, why is it so soft? It's like... It's like frozen yogurt now. Yeah, it must it's, be the kids getting in there. Oh, uh, like they don't that. close it all the way. Yeah, for know? sure. Okay, so the third household argument that can be easily solved by listening to this show. Question for you, Chris. Yeah? When hand-washing dishes, is it best to dry them by hand or let them air dry on a drying rack? I don't know. What's it? Um, you're saying you take a towel, you like dry them really quick, then put them away. Yeah, like do you wash them, stick them on the counter, dry them really fast, and put them away, or do you let them just sit and drip dry, air dry? Usually, I don't do that. When I had my other house, I used to rent another house. It did not have a dishwasher, so I had I got very familiar on washing dishes. I had this cool little like dish rack. And it had this cool little like rubber tray underneath it that you mm-hmm. aligned right under the sink. So when you put the wet dishes on it, it would actually like run the water off and run it back into the sink. So you had to make a puddle on the floor or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I used to do it like that. I never, I never dried it. I just would hang them on the little rack there. But now, when well, you're hand washing dishes, but I dishwasher you don't always, now. but you don't always put everything in the dishwasher. Well. I don't have one of those rack things anymore, you mm-hmm. know, because I don't need it. So, but if I did have to wash dishes, I would throw them on the rack and let them let you know it do its thing. Okay, friends, he's pretending like this never happens. This used to be a dis a dis not a disagreement, a discussion. But I would put one clean dish towel on the counter, and then for large items that I don't want to have take up the entire dishwasher wash them and let them air dry Fine, for a minute and then chris is like oh we got to clear off the counter and so he'd like yeah. get a fresh clean towel and i said but you should just use the one hanging there he's like oh there's bacteria and yep. that's exactly what it's saying here what? is you either let them air dry or 
Get a fresh towel and dry them. Do not use one that's just been sitting out because it could have bacteria. No, duh. Yeah. So it looks like uh, the book, according to Chris, is batting 100 right now. I should just say, yes, sir, whatever you say. (laughs) You're welcome. And you're all welcome. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Household argument number five. I don't, or number four. I don't know if anybody out there has to deal with this, but the question of Chris, do you need to rinse plates before putting them in the dishwasher? You know, they say you don't. I think they say they don't, but I always do. I always figure I'm giving like, I feel feel like, how can that thing get like the stuff that's really coated on Mm -hmm. there? I always got to like, I mean, I just rinse it off a little. So I even go one extra step. I actually like pre-clean them before I clean them in the dishwasher mm-hmm. so i'll like clean them with soap and water and then throw them in the dishwasher and then throw the dishwasher on and let it do its thing yeah same here so i pre-rinse and i pre-wash but this article says no simply scraping the food off and making sure the basic food residue is off is enough let the dishwasher do its job I- so I think that's going to have to be a local decision. But please, friends, talk about it because you could get like into a really big argument if somebody keeps not rinsing the dishes and somebody else does it every single time. Ugh, it just creates Well, I heard, I heard on that very point, I did hear that the dishwasher soap actually will bond to the food on the plate. And then if the food... If there's no food for the soap to bond to, it doesn't work right or something. Something with the something with the interesting, yeah. Something with the soap itself is that the, that actually bonds to the food to remove it. And if there's no food for it to bond to, it doesn't work right or something. But that's what I heard. We should try this. We should do an experiment with like half of the dishwasher with dishes where we pre-rinsed and half where we didn't and just like see what the result is like those commercials those yes. old cascade commercials right. we put the casserole dish in there and like well it's one one half it's with this half it's with that right but that's like a commercial i want to see it actually happen in front of me that'd okay. be so fun Listen, can we do that yes it's your kitchen now you do whatever you want you know <laughs> as long as i get to eat it first eat the food first. <laughs> Okay, the last household argument, and I know that there's this is probably a conversation among a lot of people, especially coming up on winter. Is it more energy efficient to leave the heating on and just put it at a low setting all winter long? Well, we don't really have like crazy cold winters here. Mm-hmm. You know, it does get like here we are in middle of November. I'm wearing shorts. And it's mm-hmm. warm. It was like what eighty degrees or something, or seventy five yeah, degrees pretty today. Warm today. But it does get a little cool at night. We're not quite there where it gets like really cold. But there's probably December, January around here. It gets pretty cold at night, you know. And I mean, people in Wisconsin are laughing. I mean, yeah. what are you talking about? <laughs> you, yeah. don't, you don't know cold. But no, um, it gets down to like uh, thirty, you know, maybe thirties yeah. or whatever. Anyways, so. Um, as far as leave the heater on, um, at night, I would not go super crazy with the heater. I like to do is set the fireplace, run the run the fireplace, and burn a bunch of fire, and then let that go out on its own. And by the time I wake up, it does get kind of cold, but it's like whatever. Yeah. And um, But I, I don't know. So this article says that, no, leaving the heating on when you're not at home wastes energy. Who does energy. that? Who does that? Well, some people do because they say, well, I don't want it to get below a certain temperature. I'll keep it low. But if it gets like 
too cold. I want it to kick on so it keeps it a little bit warm. But they're saying here, don't do that. It wastes energy. It's better to leave it off and then turn it on. And I know that that could use more energy in the moment. But if this is an argument that you're having, we have some good rationale here and research from Good Housekeeping. So there you go. Yeah. And I think also, too, I mean, I guess if you do live in a, a climate, this goes for both climates. This goes for the super hot and right, the super, super cold. Mm-hmm. So they say for the super hot, like Las Vegas or Phoenix, when you have the air conditioning, I heard you have to leave the air conditioning in like Phoenix on all day, right. 24-7. If you don't, I heard like the paint melts off your wall. I kid you not. I think that's fake news. <laughs> I heard it's true. The paint will like melt off your wall. Yeah, during summertime, it's really hot. Right. So I'm saying like, I'm sure the same thing goes for like extreme winters, like mm-hmm. places that have really, really cold. So like if you if you do not keep the heater going at least at a little bit, even if it doesn't have to be 80 or whatever, but yeah. like keep it up a little bit, just enough so like your water doesn't freeze in your pipes. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Or yeah. whatever, however it works. I'm saying you probably have to keep it at a certain level. That's what they're probably talking about. But if this is a common argument or if any of these were that you typically have with your partner, go through this, listen to it again, and have a discussion between the two of you. Come to an agreement. Because like we've said before, as the Chris and Christine show, we just like to talk about the things that tend to be untalkable for lots of couples and just put it out there. Because our goal is to create happy, healthy relationships and happy and healthy listeners. Right, Chris? That's right. A happy listener is a good listener. And um, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And now it's time for Would You Rather. Okay, what you got? All right, so this is kind of a hypothetical Would You Rather in the vein of home improvement, which we've kind of been talking about tonight. Are you ready? Oh, I was born ready, baby. All right, awesome. So hypothetically, you're given $20,000. What? I'm rich. And you can only use it to improve one area of the house. Would you rather... Use that $20,000 to improve the kitchen or the master bathroom. Go. Now, we're talking about my house in particular or yep. any house? Yours. My house. The master bathroom or the kitchen? Mm-hmm. Well, my master bathroom is pretty much already done, so I guess I have to use it for the kitchen. But if it was for any house in general, let's say we had a blank canvas to the side. Um, like, say I had a house that was – everything was the same on it. Um I probably do the kitchen personally because the kitchen everybody sees that. Um, not everybody sees the master bathroom, so I can live with kind of like a eh, bathroom. It's just me, you know. That's mm-hmm. why I look at it. So you kind of want to like make like the front of your house, the front of your house nice, your living space nice, so the nice areas that everybody gets to see firsthand, mm. like the kitchen especially. And kitchens sell houses, nice. Yeah, ones. I agree with that. I was kind of leaning towards the master bathroom for this house in particular, because if you guys were here to see Chris's bedroom, um, it doesn't have a door between the bedroom area and the bathroom. There's like these two smaller closets. So I would lump the closets in with the master bathroom renovation and like put a barn door and add all kinds of flair. Well, that is fantastic. We both have different ideas, but they all come together in the end. We'll figure it out together as a team. Hashtag teamwork. Teamwork. Totally awesome. What? Yes. (laughs) The K2 Show. The K2 Show. 
Thank you guys so much for listening to the Chris and Christine show. I want to thank you guys personally and Christine. Yeah, thank you so much. And thanks for all of our new listeners. Definitely follow us, subscribe, and share because the Chris and Christine show is on the move. So I hope you guys tune in for next week and we will see you then. And until then, have a fantastic week. Remember this week that life is too short to wake up in the morning with regret. So love the people who treat you right, forget about the ones who don't, and believe that everything happens for a reason. If you get a chance, take it. If it changes your life, let it. Nobody said that it would be easy. They just promised it would be worth it. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm Chris. And I'm Christine. And until next week, keep moving forward.